Welcome to the Braving the Waves podcast, stories of unsinkable resilience and resolving stigma. I'm your host, Michaela, and I am so excited to welcome you to season two. Each week, we will explore anonymous stories and poems, and sometimes you'll hear my voice, other times you'll hear others and their contributions. You'll leave with a refreshing take on storytelling that takes a deeper dive into a specific moment or experience. My hope is that it will encourage you to venture deeper into and perhaps share your own story, which you will now be welcome to do through our submission form. Thank you so much for listening. That's a step in and of itself. And I so hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hey everyone, I hope you're doing as well as you can be. And this week's poem looks at a moment of recognition that a familiar, intimate pain is coming. One that can make us more vulnerable to various forms of relapse. And through personification of January and March, this episode is a personal one for me exploring the pain of remembering a remembered bone deep pain and what it's like to prepare for it. This can be anything from an anniversary of a loss to a birthday, a death, a suicide attempt, or the beginning of a sobriety journey. There are of course many more different things that could relate here. And my hope is that the poem allows us to think about the question why wade through the ache and loneliness every year? Perhaps we were never alone to begin with. Perhaps we wouldn't be stronger if we didn't have to remember. Perhaps we're stronger if we do remember together and fumble forward in a way we wouldn't have been able to if we didn't feel. So I will share the poem with you now and then As always, we'll get into some thoughts and open conversation about it. How do I prepare for a pain that my mind, body, and soul remembers, knows is coming? That particular re-pain, the kind we have known every creek and crevice of, the apex of relapse potential, of course, cuffed to the cage of a month packing more peaked pointed punches in just 28 days than others are 31 as if saying stop fighting now those three years won't change anything january besieges what if i claimed february's time and space bring a sort of death to it january asks again calmly now thinking. Maybe more of myself would bar me from the film frame when I'm finally able to crack open frozen windows or take a final frostbitten shower, one where my skin pickles while the window is open and the water is off throughout lathering to conserve water. I, March, nod. January. I know your waiting isn't the same as November's waiting. 
where the joy is in the waiting rather than the waiting for joy to return, if it was ever there. But don't forget that memory doesn't stop for death, nor does the life of relationship, as known by looking into a face and seeing the layering of ancestral features that built it. You are built by your 11 ancestors and catalyze the building of the 11 after you. I am you. But there is grief bursting my stitches, January cries, thick snow tears. A lunar new year, muscled, scaled, winged, a best friend's quarter life birthday, an aching reminder of absent love and a near taking of life, not far enough in the past, which circulates the bone and flesh of every February, its pain taped to a clock, and it bloody hurts. You feel alone, I know, and that the road, a glassy waterway, is too glassy to travel without slipping, without falling beneath the frost sheet that locks you in without air. All the more reason to fight, all the more reason not to, all the more reason to carry a pickaxe to excavate what either option means to you when agony cannot be tamed by my promise of spring. But let me share a bare, unsugar-coated secret, a paradox, if you will, from a kindness named Stephen. If you look long enough, if you look hard enough at yourself, then suddenly you will see the rest of us, humanity, staring back. You are never alone. Okay. Breathe the words in. What do they make you feel or think? How did they connect with your senses? What colors or symbols did you notice? Did you draw any meaning? Notice any metaphors? Interpret anything in an interesting way? Feel or find clarity? And of course, I will offer some thoughts for all of us to engage with. So we have January at the beginning of the poem, anticipating what is coming with anger, fear, pain, agony, and terror. And it's almost worse in this case to know what to expect. And I think that's true of anything. It's not always better to know what to expect. Sometimes that impending pain or any emotion really is much more complicated. And so there's this honest, vulnerable urge when January says, what if I take out February? Just strike it from the scorecard. Don't allow it to happen. But January stops themselves and thinks, of course, there is a consequence to that the breaking out that January knows is coming 
as they know the pain that's coming. February is an interesting time in this way. It's the shortest month, um, both bitter with winter and the only doorway to spring. And just as a aside, I suppose, the fragment about, you know, opening frozen windows and taking cold showers um, or showers with the window open while it's cold. Uh, These are anecdotes from my life and just last night, to be honest. And I thought it was an interesting way to, to think about, to think about things. And this coexistence of knowing that on the other side of pain, there's a breaking out and a breaking free that happens. But it's a special kind of anticipation that can be really painful knowing that the bridge to get there is in fact painful. And so moving into the poem a little bit more, I speak again as March here, as if March is myself now, in a way speaking to a past self. And I tried to differentiate the different types of waiting that we experience, which connects to some of the things that I've already said, where there is a joy in the waiting, for example, the holidays versus joy only at the end of a waiting period. A waiting and a waiting through pain, if at all. And that's a complicated recognition, absolutely. And continuing to talk to myself, there's this recognition that memory doesn't stop for death. And I believe it was um, Henri Cole who once shared that death does many things, but it doesn't end a relationship. And we know this, for example, in the way we can see and speak to our ancestors simply by looking in the mirror, which is a very eerie and also freeing and comforting thing. Also connected to the way that the cycle of life, the seasons, the months, and the versions of ourselves are all connected. March is January, and I am my past self. And then we have January sharing some of the more concrete examples, which are our real-life experiences from my life that I'm sure will be compounding each other and I anticipate will bring up a lot of pain in February. And there's always this but when it comes to pain on a clock. For lack of better words, having so many things happen at the same time sucks. And it's really difficult to grapple with, especially when you know that it's coming and you know some of the ways that your body and mind and soul and memory are going to react. And there's a very concrete metaphor for, you know, what it feels like when someone says, keep going. 
like this path is too icy to travel without slipping and if you fall you'll be sucked through a small hole in the ice and vacuumed under it by the current and drowned and that it doesn't seem that there's any other path and that promising that spring is coming isn't always enough and that's a hard thing to reckon with in the deepest pain we will always be faced with the fact that it is both the reason to fight and the reason not to yet in the wonderful words of Stephen Batchelor, I paraphrased a little bit in the actual poem, but I believe his words were, here lies the paradox of solitude, looking long and hard enough at yourself in isolation, and suddenly you will see the rest of humanity staring back. Sustained aloneness brings you to a tipping point where the pendulum of life returns you to others. And that's not to say that being alone when you're going through something really painful or re-experiencing old pains in a way is a good thing. It's definitely not saying you should be alone, but thinking about when you feel alone and isolated and like there's no way through that if you embrace that feeling and the emotions and the pain and everything that comes up with it you may in fact realize that you were never alone to begin with. And it's true. And love in this sense is hopefully all we need to recognize that. So with all of these thoughts, I will reread the poem once more to allow us to let it seep in So thank you for, for listening. How do I prepare for pain that my mind, body, and soul remembers, knows is coming? That particular re-pain, the kind we have known every creak and crevice of, the apex of relapse potential, of course, cuffed to the cage of a month packing more peaked pointed punches in just 28 days than others with 31 as if saying stop fighting now those three years won't change anything january beseeches what if i claimed february's time and space bring a sort of death to it january asks again calmly now thinking Maybe more of myself would bar me from the film frame when I'm finally able to crack open frozen windows or take a final frostbitten shower, one where my skin pickles while the window is open and the water is off throughout lathering to conserve water. I, March, nod. January, I know your waiting isn't the same as November's waiting, where the joy is in the waiting rather than the waiting for joy to return, if it was ever there. 
but don't forget that memory doesn't stop for death, nor does the life of relationship as known by looking into a face and seeing the layering of ancestral features that built it. You are built by your 11 ancestors and catalyze the building of the 11 after you. I am you. But there is grief bursting my stitches, January cries, thick snow tears. A lunar new year, muscled, scaled, winged. A best friend's quarter-life birthday, an aching reminder of absent love, and a near-taking of life not far enough in the past, which circulates the bone and flesh of every February, its pain taped to a clock, and it bloody hurts. You feel alone, I know, and that the road, a glassy waterway, is too glassy to travel without slipping, without falling beneath the frost sheet that locks you in without air. All the more reason to fight, all the more reason not to, all the more reason to carry a pickaxe to excavate what either option means to you when agony cannot be tamed by my promise of spring. But let me share a bare, unsugar-coated secret, a paradox, if you will, from a kindness named Stephen. If you look long enough, if you look hard enough at yourself, then suddenly you will see the rest of us, humanity, staring back. You were never alone. Thank you, as always, for listening, for engaging with these topics and thoughts, particularly this week, since this poem was a reflection of uh, some personal things that I've been thinking about and pains that I've been anticipating. So I appreciate your time and energy in just spending some time with these words. And you're always welcome to let me know in comments or on Instagram, or sorry, comments on Instagram, or feel free to email me um, your thoughts at Michaela at weareunsinkable.com. And if you would like to share a moment or memory on the podcast, please head to tinyurl.com slash braving the waves, which is also linked in the show notes. I hope you have a wonderful week ahead. Take good care, rest, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Braving the Waves podcast. You can find more information about this week's content, resources, and related links in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you subscribed, shared, or left a review and followed us on socials. And lastly, don't ever forget that you are unsinkable. Just being here, listening, helps you swim and keep your boat afloat. Thanks everyone. Take care.